Hey, so uh, I got that email you sent me. What email? Uh, the one about the uh, preparedness kit. I stayed up late ordering all that stuff you sent me. Preparedness email? I, I sent that like six years ago. No, okay, no you didn't. I clear... Oh. Okay, yeah, maybe you did, now that I look at it. Well, at least you finally opened it. Better late than never, I suppose. I guess we can talk about that today. Alright. So, Todd David asked us a question a while back. Sorry for taking so long to cover it, Todd, but he was asked about an episode of getaway gear and bug out preparations. And he also wants to know what to expect while on the lamp. This is a really good question. Yes, it is. So, first, let's talk about what to consider when you have to bug out. You've probably heard this term before, but for those of you that maybe haven't, bugging out is basically getting the hell out of Dodge. Essentially, you drop whatever you're doing and think only of your own survival. The Matrix is chock full of doomsday prepper forums and hosts that can give you various and comprehensive lists of what you need in a bug out bag. They are as different as they are elaborate. So first, let's just throw you into a scenario. You're on a job. Things have gone sideways. The Johnson wasn't truthful about the cargo you were picking up. Color me shocked. And instead of a van full of medical equipment, it's full of technomancers kidnapped and about to be taken away for awful experiments. You and your team, being the good people that you are, hopefully, decide that there ain't enough money in the world to wash this stain off your morals, and you decide to betray the Johnson and give these people their freedom. For this example, we'll say that the Johnson isn't interested in ruining your rep, but he wants your heads. Now you've got corporate heat and mercs breathing down your neck. That's the situation you find yourself in. So, you need to bug out. Item number one, fake sins and licenses. In one of our first episodes, we mentioned that without that number, you aren't even a person. Well, it can be beneficial to have one of those little numbers to help you disappear, or at least make it harder to find you. You will also want to have the appropriate licenses as well. Just make sure you have the right licenses and the right sin active. Item number two, a knife. You may have thought I was going to say a gun, but a knife can be just as, if not more, useful on the lamp. It can perform multiple functions, cut items, prepare food, pop off the interface panels of hard, for hard wiring, and it can hurt people bad, quietly. Remember, you're trying to hide from your pursuers. This isn't an 80s action trid as much as we would like it to be. Next item, a med kit. Now, we're not talking about the big portable trauma bags with the built-in computer that can walk you through how to perform emergency combat surgery on yourself, but the small ones with enough to plug a wound and get you out of a fight. Flashbangs. Grenades are awesome. They can really help take out a group of baddies with minimal effort, but that's only if a fragment of the shrapnel hits one of those baddies. I've seen plenty of guys walk out of some frag grenade detonation with barely a scratch, but flashbangs emit a bright flash that blinds and a loud bang that deafens. Hence the name. But they are good for buying time. 
you don't have to rely on small pieces of shrapnel hitting anything. Only thing you have to worry about is if your enemy has a flare compensator in their cyber eyes or can turn off their cyber ear. A personal favorite of mine, a getaway car. Now, I do have recommendations on type and models, but I guess you could just use whatever feels comfortable for you. But know that it will need to be a balance of speed and maneuverability. If you're best at driving a scooter, well, best of luck to you, because you're really, really going to need it. All of these things we tell you are in addition to rations, water, things like that. But my final recommendation on what you need to put in this bag, hard currency, physical paper money. I know it's the future. I know it's retro not cool to use old people paper money, but paper money doesn't have hidden tracking software that can be placed on it, and paper money is still money. Okay, and you call me the conspiracy theorist? It could happen. Maybe that Johnson put a little tracker on that cred stick he handed over as part of the upfront payment before he took the job. Is that even possible? All right, moving on to what you can expect while on the lamb. While on the run, you can expect things to not be the same as they were back on your home turf. Depending on the level of pursuit, your enemies could be actively hunting you like villagers with pitchforks or they could be very passively waiting for you to slip up before swooping in like a hawk. In the first scenario, they're trying to smoke you out. They want to put the pressure on you so that you make a mistake, and they can call the dogs on you. In the second scenario, they're hoping to make you your own worst enemy. Don't fall for these tactics. If they are hunting you, go to ground. If they leave no ground to go to, then get far, far away. Although, this is something of a rare thing, and to get this Omega Order style treatment, you really must have fragged up. If they are not actively pursuing you, don't think they aren't still looking. So you know about these people they call erased, these living ghosts that just don't exist, like their image on the Matrix or anywhere just disappears after like 24 hours. Well, the passive pursuit is not really something they have to worry about that. Isn't that right, Clean? Correct, we don't. There are a lot of cameras in the sixth world, depending on where you live, but not every one of them is being monitored all the time. In passive pursuit, your foes might be using facial recognition software to locate you by simply throwing it out to every camera in a sprawl and waiting to get a hit. And once they do, the chase is on, and they can close whatever gap you've bought yourself in a matter of hours. Usually, once they have your scent, that's when they'll start with the active pursuit. Kill teams sweeping and clearing buildings you hide in, riggers using drones to patrol your neighborhood. It's like this old style of hunting I saw on the tread once. Uh, oh, fox hunting. I think that was what it was. While on the run, it's best to have contacts you can trust not to sell you out. But like we said in the first episode this season, be careful who you bring into this. Some of these people might not be in the game, and they could get hurt because of that. If your team is with you, that can be a big help. Having your team there to watch your back is always a plus. It can also be a hindrance. Having everyone in one place means they don't have to split their forces, and it just makes you a bigger target. So there are pros and cons to both, so just choose wisely and hope the best. Once you've managed to dodge your pursuers, and you've found a place to hold up for a while, 
Now is the time to sit around and do nothing. This is probably the hardest part of being on the lam. The mind-numbing boredom. I get around this by reading books. Wolf watches trids. What you do? Well, that's up to you to pass the time. I know some runners who are romantically involved. Well, they've got one way to pass the time. <laughs> yeah. I guess this episode can be considered an addendum to our first episode this season. I hope that this has helped answer your questions, Todd. And if you have any questions about running that you would like to hear our take on, send them on to us through the face matrix, direct messages, or even the old standby email. We always love hearing from you, but this has been a, another sponsored episode by Kilroy's Comedy Hour. He'll be going live next after us on channel 256.42. I don't even know what that means. Is that a radio frequency or coordinates? Anyway, one last thing that I wanted to tag in on the end here. A listener by the name of uh, Victor... Not even going to try. Victor gave us a good little quote that I think everyone here needs to remember. Being a deniable asset means not being an expendable asset. And if you're not sure which one you are, you're probably just expendable. Thanks, Vic, for that whiz line. And thank you, chums, for listening tonight. I've been Wolf. And I'm Mr. Clean. And this has been Deniable Assets. Good night. Good running, chums. The music for Deniable Assets is written and performed by Johnny and the Meltdowns. Support Deniable Assets team by donating to our Patreon. Email us at realdeniableassets.gmail.com. And follow us on Facebook at the Deniable Assets page. Dead by your dying.